Welcome back to episode three of Twice Upon a Time, where we're going to talk about snowfalls. As usual, we'll start with a brief synopsis. In the Enchanted Forest, Prince Charming is traveling with his fiancée when Snow White robs their carriage, stealing his mother's ring. Charming tracks her down and blackmails her into taking him to get the ring back from where she had sold it. After she tries to escape, he saves her from some black knights, and then she saves him from the trolls. They uh, get the ring back and eventually go their separate ways, but there is definitely a spark between them. In Storybrooke, Henry discovers a John Doe in the hospital, who he thinks is Prince Charming. He convinces Mary Margaret to read him their story from the book, and he actually wakes up. Mary Margaret, Henry, Emma, and Graham race to find him. It's almost too late, but Mary Margaret saves him. He wakes up, but with amnesia, both of his cursed self and of his not cursed self, <laughs> and we find out that he's married to a woman named Catherine. Feeling a little lonely, Mary Margaret is glad when Emma takes her up on her offer to move into her loft. Let's kick it off with what are your first thoughts about this episode, Roger? Did you like it? I did. Uh, I don't know if it's a top five episode, but it's certainly a top five flashback. The The interaction between Charming and Snow is fantastic. They just, there's something about them that's endearing. It's natural. It doesn't feel forced. They have conflict, but not in the like, these two act like they hate each other, but they don't. They're just, they're broken people kind of to a point. He's in a loveless arranged marriage. She's running from the evil queen. But you can tell there's a connection there, and I appreciate it. I actually, when I watched it, I wrote down Love at First Strike, which is kind of how <laughs> <laughs> you could kind of see that he respected her craftiness. And then when he traps her in the net, like there was just those kind of like fun back and forth that I liked between them. Um, I think I said in the pilot episode that I appreciate their relationship and the conversations they have, and you see it in this episode. Like they're they're great together. They are by far the best couple. Yeah, agreed. I love this episode as well. I. I don't know that overall it's my, one of my top five, as you say, uh, but yeah, the flashback scenes are great. Their chemistry is incredible. I I love, especially like their verbal sparring. Uh, she's real sassy and jaded at this point in her life. Um, and so is he. And they sort of connect on that level. Um, love watching that. We, uh, we get a little more mystery too in the real storybook, which I really enjoy. Uh, Get some, get some new characters here and some sketchy backstory that Emma doesn't quite buy, which uh, is ultimately going to lead to some more interesting storylines. I think one of the big reveals is that Snow knows that she did something to ruin Regina's life. Because it's one thing for one person to say, you ruined my life. It's another thing for the person who's accused to be like, yeah, I actually did ruin her life. So you don't know what happened, but she obviously did something that makes her feel like, she understands why Regina is basically trying to kill her. Um, last episode, I pointed out how there were so many weak men. Charming is not a weak man. Charming is not a weak man. I have a question for you because he displays expert throwing knife skills, expert riding skills, expert swordsman skills, and expert bow and arrow skills. Is Prince Charming an Avenger? <laughs> uh, he might be. He actually is a, he, he's an Asgardian. So, yeah, there you go. Because, wow, he's amazing at everything. And he did not grow up a royal, potentially, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, he defeats, what, three black knights? Yep. Then he shoots an arrow like he is a famous uh, uh, bow and arrow guy from Sherwood Forest, right through the trees. Perfect shot. I think the word you're looking for is archer. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah, no, he's good at everything. But despite all that, he's still a good dude. 
Like, you appreciate the fact that this is a good guy who just seems to be great at everything. It, it seemed like the honorable thing to do. It did seem like say. the honorable thing to do. Um, yeah, agreed. He He's a badass. And so is Snow. I mean, yeah. everything you just said, she actually takes him out with a rock. No other weapons. Twice. <laughs> well, first time it's a rock. I think second time she knees him. Yeah. And then kicks and him kicks into the him river. And kicks him a river. Which... And just leaves him there. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't going to drown because it was like a six-inch river. But still, she... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also think we're... Emma and Regina get into a lot more sparring in this episode. Uh, Regina seems a little more resigned to the fact that Emma's just sort of here, um, wearing her clothes nonetheless. <laughs> that! Boy, that felt like a little... Um... You're taking things I have. Like, that was like a direct analogy to like, oh, good, you're going to take my closet now, too, along with my son. I thought that was pretty good. Lana Perla does a great job of displaying contempt. Yeah. This woman hates Mary Margaret. Like, with a burning passion. I thought she was going to crush that phone in her hand when she found out that it was Mary Margaret that yep. made him wake up. Yep. Just at, both of us reacted like, wow, there's some serious <laughs> rage here. Um, and you understand a little bit why, you know, you don't know why she, but you know that Snow slash Mary did something to her, but boy, that rage is just like, it's out there. This, this woman wants to kill her. Let's talk about Henry for a little bit. This Henry triangle is getting a little weird because biological mom's back, uh, stepmom's in the picture already. And in his mind, Mary is, would be his biological grandmother. Because that's what he believes. So you got this like three-way kind of weird, who knows what's best for him. And this is also his teacher. Um, also, should we have just listened to Henry the entire time in the first season? It seems to be a family trait. If we just listened to Henry, everything would be fine. It's kind of a, I mean, it's pretty amazing that Henry is able to convince everyone of this thing that to us would sound very, very crazy. And to Emma's credit, she's like, this does not sound logical. But the pieces are starting to fall in place. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she starts to see a few chinks in the armor of the curse in this episode. Uh, Catherine's story is pretty sketchy. I mean, if I got in a fight with my husband and he just left, I, I wouldn't just assume he would never come back and be fine with that. I also, it's a small town. I think people would talk about the John Doe that's in the hospital and there would be pictures of him in the newspaper. And wouldn't, like, again, this is, I think we established, this is not Boston. This is not New York City. If this happened in a large city, totally makes sense. They've probably seen you guys together. Some of these people probably attended your wedding. Nobody noticed that the guy who looks awfully similar to the guy you married is in the hospital for X amount of time. I mean, they've just been married for as long as they can remember. Sure, sure. Just, there are some, some holes getting punched in these stories. Um, I think Emma points out the logistics now of the town a little bit better. Like she's like, some of this isn't making the greatest sense. Yeah, she is looking for an apartment and there are absolutely no vacancies in the town, which is surprising. Uh, but she, she once again puts up a wall and refuses Mary Margaret's offer to stay with her until the end of the episode. I think that... That's I, some progress. I think loneliness is a big theme of this episode. Absolutely. Mary Margaret is feeling... Mary Margaret is feeling lonely. Snow is feeling lonely in the flashback. And they kind of find a... Mary Margaret and Emma are family, but 
at this point, they're just friends. That's what they know. And they've sort of found a new family together, which is kind of nice. And I'd also argue Regina knows the pain of loneliness because she very clearly points out without Henry, that would be awful. Yeah. So she also has felt the stung of loneliness. Um, Catherine, well, I would also argue, was lonely because her husband had disappeared for quite some time. That's true. Yeah. The, I, I think loneliness is uh, a real theme of this episode. And I think Charming is probably feeling a little lonely in this marriage that he doesn't want in the in the flashback. Yes. No, Charming certainly is uh, alone with someone. Yeah. Like, obviously, you can see when he's half-heartedly listening to his wife complain about nonsense that he's like, this is awful in every sense of the word. And she doesn't seem happy either. It's not like she's like, oh, this is great. They both seemed like two people who were a business transaction, not, yeah. not true love. For sure. I always love a good uh, theme, literary theme here. We get the a Chekhov's gun with the dark fairy dust in the first act. We see it, and later it gets used. But not for the purpose that Snow had originally intended it. It was actually kind of a sweet gesture. And very unlike what Regina would have done to uh, use the dark fairy dust to save someone. It was the honorable thing it to was, do. I was going to say, it was the honorable <laughs> thing to do. Speaking of that scene, Charming kicks that troll off the bridge like a boss. He does. Kicks him. Pretty, I'm assuming he dies. He kicks that troll off a bridge falling into the river. You don't see it, but you kind of know. I don't know anything about troll anatomy or no. anything, but it it seems likely that that troll died. I know the distance that he fell. <laughs> At the very least, it hurt a lot. And I doubt the medical uh, work out there was probably going to save him. What's your thoughts on the Huntsman? Um, or I should say Graham right now. Yeah, we still don't know that much about him. Snow White mentions that the queen sent a huntsman after her to cut out her heart and that he didn't mm -hmm. um and not everyone is a terrible soulless person everyone's um, a terrible soul noble noble sorry she has a distaste for nobles which is interesting because she herself is one well that kind of makes sense regina's a noble as well I, yeah only through marriage i don't think someone who's going to make that distinction when the person's trying to kill you is going to be like oh you're just a terrible noble by marriage so it's fine <laughs> um and also, a lot of the other nobles aren't good people, as we come to find out. It's not like there's an example of, like, great nobles for her to have seen. And she would have probably interacted with some of these people. That's true. So. Graham in Storybrooke, we get a little bit more of him, but still not too much. He's, he's clearly good at tracking through the forest. He takes them to find the John Doe. Did you have other thoughts about Graham? It seems like they're setting up that he is not a bad guy. Like, he may be under the thumb of Regina, but it's very clearly against his will. I mean, the fact that he was willing to let Snow go, and, and obviously he must have paid some price for this if she ever found out, sets up that he's not a bad dude. He just, he's in a situation that he's stuck in, and he doesn't really know how to get out of it, so he's making the best of what he can, which is kind of similar to what episode two was. He didn't want to do those things to Emma, but he didn't really have a choice, so he's like, let me make the best of it as I can. I think one of my other questions, Dr. Whale kind of just popped up, and then he calls Regina, right? Is it is he aware? How much does he know? What's his alignment in this whole situation? Who is, is he? Who is he? I mean, right, you just, he's, I don't, you don't know how important he is at this point. Yeah, I mean, what do you think about Whale so far in general? That was pretty sketchy that he just straight up lied when they asked, when Mary Margaret asked him to look at the 
recordings of like his brain activity and just said, nope, he didn't wake up. You're more gaslighting. Jeez, with the gaslighting, Regina. Gaslighting is a theme so Gaslighting far. through other people this time. Uh, Mary Margaret was very disappointed to learn that there was no brain activity. Uh, but he, I yeah, calling Regina, that's a... I feel like as a doctor, he should be a little concerned that the mayor asked him to lie about this and then immediately report to her if there was any activity. Well, you know why he's not concerned? Because he's a weak man. (laughs) I don't know that we ever get to know enough about Dr. Whale to make that definition. I think we learned that he lacks a moral conviction that a doctor should have. So you think that the definition of a weak man is lack of moral conviction? I think that is one definition. I think a man who has, who is not willing to do what he probably believes is right because he's afraid of the mayor lacks a backbone. Okay. Right? Because I mean, I see that I see that definition. Yeah, I'm not saying it's the only definition, but like, and there may be times you like fail at this, but like, what we've seen so far, strike one in the negative, zero strikes in the positive. There was no need for him to lie there. Like, even if he wanted to call the mayor and tell her, he could have told Mary the truth. Like, I don't think it's made clear that he had to lie to everyone else. He could have been like, oh, yeah, we saw some brain activity. Let me think about it now. And then he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, Madam Mayor, I just wanted to let you know that John Doe you brought in, you know. But no, he just blatantly lies for, I don't know, is he terrified of the mayor too? We don't really know, I guess. Um, We also see him be kind of a creep on his date with Mary Margaret. Is he kind of a creep? Is not at all listening to what your date is saying so that you can ogle at a waitress. Not, is not that, creepy. Is that not acceptable date behavior? Yeah, that's not acceptable date behavior. Oh. <laughs> well, I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> I haven't dated in 10 years. Uh, yeah, okay. So I guess I think that was done specifically to set up the whole, like, what he is looking for and what she is looking for are very different yes. things. She is looking for true love and kids and a relationship. And he's like... There's a hot chick in short pants over there. Short pants. Like that. Shorts? Nope. Short pants. <laughs> hot, pa- hot pants was hot actually pants? the phrase. Yeah. Yeah. They I were mean, definitely hot pants. Ruby is definitely dressed in a way to, uh, you know, attract the eyes. And it certainly attracts Whale's eyes. Hmm. So, you're, so you're saying it, it's about how women dress? Yeah. I mean, if she didn't want that, she shouldn't have dressed that way. I see. Obviously, I see. it's not his fault. He can't control himself. Mm-hmm. Being that he's not in control of his own behavior, she shouldn't have dressed that way. Um for those who can't understand, that's very close sarcasm. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it is, it's very clear. And I think that's actually a good um, characterization of Snow, right? Like, she's not interested in the short term. She wants to find someone for companionship. She wants to find someone who she actually loves. And Wales kind of just like, eh, it's a date. Which is a pretty big contrast to the Snow that we meet in the Enchanted Forest in this episode, who doesn't even, like, literally says that she doesn't believe in true love. That's very clearly a lie, though. That's very No, I don't know that a it's a lie. Oh. I think that she's at a point in her life where she doesn't believe it. I, I think there's a difference between believing in it and believing it's going to happen. I believe there are people who are billionaires. I don't believe I'm going to become a billionaire. Okay. So you, you think she's lying about believing in true love. Maybe lying isn't the wrong word. I think she's just at the point where she's decided to wall herself off to the point that she doesn't believe it'll happen to her. So she's just like, hmm. nah, that's not going to happen for me. And also... As we learn, her life hasn't exactly been a shining example of true love. So you can kind of understand where she'd be like, well, this is never going to work for me. It's true. I mean, she just needs to get out of there. Yeah. I mean, and also, who has time for true love when you're trying to avoid being murdered by the evil queen? I mean, 
And the person who she might have a spark with is literally already engaged to a woman that he doesn't love. But, you know, that's how marriages happen in the Enchanted Forest. It's arrangements and to settle wars. And not a lot of true love happening right now. It's true. Although I do appreciate the, again, with like the classic fairy tales versus like what's happening in the show. In the classic fairy tale, Prince Charming hears Snow White singing by a well and decides, I love her. We must get married now. And in this show, I would not say it's love at first sight. I mean, they clearly have an attraction, but, like, they walk away from each other at the end of this episode. And there's a lot of back and forth before they, like, they get there. And they both save each other, which is kind of nice. Well, it's because it was love at first strike. Yes, right. Sorry. Love at first strike. Yeah, I, I certainly like that it, instead of just being the dumb thing, that like, oh, the first time I laid eyes on her, I knew she was the one. They build to it, right? They grow... I think they actually bond over their shared negative experiences that they're currently into, right? Like mm-hmm. we talked about that earlier. He's in a very, very loveless marriage, and she's on the run from her stepmother who has taken her throne. Yeah, no, you, you definitely see some some traumatic bonding, maybe, is the, the phrase there. <laughs> but I think it's well done, and it's it's believable. Like, in a show that is a fantasy and a story tale, that's still a very grounded and believable way that you can see two people logical bonding. And though they go their separate ways, you can tell they're not done with one another. It's true. Yeah. Well, and it, I feel like it wouldn't be Once Upon a Time if we didn't have amnesia on top of cursed selves. It's definitely very soapy in that way. Shouldn't a double negative cancel it out? <laughs> so now he's just awake. Yeah. I feel like his amnesia should have made him forget about his cursed self, and then he should just remember who he is only in the Enchanted Forest. Yeah, I, they do a lot of the memory loss or you don't know what's going on, which it kind of has to happen. But this felt like over the top ridiculous. He's already cursed. Like, why can't he just remember who he is? It doesn't, it doesn't make the situation any worse for him to not remember it because his cursed self isn't real. So him not remembering his cursed self is like the same exact thing. I don't, why would Regina build that into the curse? Well, I don't think he was ever supposed to wake up in the curse. Time wasn't supposed to move forward, so he wasn't supposed to wake up at all. Oh, so you think she... But, I mean, the intent when the cast is... The curse is cast in season one. It's not like she knows David is going to die, right? Because, I mean, the fight hasn't happened yet. So... That's true. It should have just been like a... You know exactly... Like, she would have built a story for him that he would have had to have known, which means she should have that. I feel like we might be overthinking this one. I mean, probably we're (laughs) overthinking this one. Sorry, writers of Once Upon a Time. We will stop trying to poke holes in this amnesia logic i shall not i demand answers and clarification um let's move back to regina real quick okay do you think and it's very notable and i'm going to say this two-parter do you think it's interesting that once again things seem to be coming around her but for the first time she kind of strikes back Hmm. because every other time right it's just things have been happening she tries to stop it she can't stop it this time david wakes up and she's like all right i'm gonna go find the wife yeah, I mean, that is, uh, ultimately, it will just cause more problems for her, but she doesn't know that yet. Um, I mean, she's desperately trying to hold on. She tried to go to Rumpel for help, and or Mr. Gold, and he said no. Stop talking to me about this. He didn't actually say no. What he said was that it will come at a price. Mm. And then she said, I'm done making deals with you. Okay. So he was willing to solve the problem. She just had to be willing to pay. 
But was he really willing to solve the problem? I mean, define the problem, right? Like, that's, that is his whole thing. I will solve what you asked me. I may not solve what you intended. Those are different things. Yeah. Yeah, I, he plays with words. I think it's interesting like how Regina will end up manipulating Catherine, too, for her own needs. It's kind of gross. <laughs> It is, but it's also a good parallel of how Catherine was basically used to solve the needs of her father's kingdom in the Enchanted. She's basically been a pawn, whether she's in the Enchanted Forest or in Storybrooke, she is just there to be moved around on a chessboard, which sucks, right? Like, that's terrible to basically just be a spectator in your own life because everyone else has bigger plans for you. Well, and what would a melodramatic soapy show be without a love triangle? Triangle. This is like a... (laughs) A dodecahedron? Yeah. There are... This, I will give it credit. For as much as I detest most love triangles, like there's certainly a much worse love triangle that we'll come to later on in this story. This one actually didn't feel that bad to me. Like It felt like it was resolved quick enough. You understood what was going on. The resolution is much more logical. Like Really, the characters involved don't act unreasonable. It's really Regina kind of just like fanning the flames. Like Catherine doesn't do anything insane, to my knowledge. No, that's true. Yeah, that's I true. mean... We're getting ahead of ourselves. We are getting a little bit ahead, but like Catherine is never portrayed as unreasonable or ridiculous. She even says at the in this episode, like, yeah, this was my fault. I was, you know, yada yada yada. And then he left. And the only thing I will question is, why weren't you looking for your husband like at all? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Also, her little speech was sounded very rehearsed. I was difficult. Who says that? Who says I was difficult? I'm married to and someone. And unsupportive. I, I am married to someone who has said they're difficult. So it is a statement I've heard someone say before. That might be singular, but I've but I've heard that <laughs> statement before. I, yes, I agree with you that it sounds very rehearsed. It sounds like someone told her to do it. Though, I guess I could imagine if, let's say, your spouse had left and you've had a lot of time to think about it. You might come to that conclusion over months or years that if I ever get the chance sure. to see them again... I would do this differently. I would say these things, you know, because like you've had a lot of time to honestly rehearse it. So in that regard, I think it is realistic. It just there's too many things that don't really add up to me. Like, where have you been this entire time? Or, hey, Madam Mayor, if you were the emergency contact and you knew that he, or I guess she says she didn't know that Catherine was married. Yeah, she didn't know. But they looked back at the tapes and he was saying her name. Mm. Was he? Mm. Was he, though? Also, why was the tape wrong? That was the weird thing. Where was the previous... How come they were just looking at the previous day's tape? Or, yeah, the previous day's tape. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, he Sleepy was on duty, so... <laughs> and I put on duty in quotes. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. The other thing that really bothers me about this episode, uh, Regina grabs Henry while they're in the hospital, like, a little forcefully, and, like, drags him with her. And granted... He was, like, running around with people who, like, he shouldn't be at night to find a potentially dead body. Like, not cool. Uh, But she gets a little physical with him, which is very unlike her. And not great. Uh, Yeah, no, definitely more of, like, the Regina from episode one, where it seems like Henry is more of a pawn than episode two. This is clearly my son. I'm doing what's best to protect him. Though... Why on earth would you buy that he's just the arcade and take him for his word at that? This is a kid who's already snuck out to Boston, taken a teacher's credit card, and brought his birth mother back 
maybe someone who's as smart as Regina should, like, I don't know, have somebody watching him. It's true. It's not like there aren't a whole lot of people in the town who are under her wing, apparently. Also, what kind of small town in Maine has an arcade? How big is this town, anyway? A town's bigger than you know. It's true. The town is bigger than we know. Maybe the arcade is on the same side of town where Catherine had been hanging out the entire time. And so that's why no one knows where it is. And all of it is next to the woods. Yeah. Can we talk about why the hospital and all of the buildings <laughs> are on the edge of the woods inherently? Except for like Granny's. Granny's is the only one that's in the middle of town and everything else is just a circle around it. I've previously tried to look up a map of Storybrooke and the location of the loft and Granny's diner are constantly misrepresented. Like there is no clear map of the town of Storybrooke. So would you say it's like a day's ride away? Yeah, it's a day's ride away. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that is inconsistent in this show is distance and time. And, and look, it's a curse, so I get it. But things like that, it's like, why is the hospital right next to the woods? That seems... I mean, maybe that's a thing. I have not been to a hospital that's been on the edge of the woods before. Well, you can just walk out the back door to the woods, too. Like, there was no security? <laughs> yep. So could people just walk in yep, from the woods? Yep, people can just come in from the woods. Sasquatch hmm. walking right in. Boy, that seems... That seems problematic. We also learn how Charming got his name in this episode, which I like. I like that. Um... I thought it was sweet that she gave him the Prince Charming name because he hasn't done anything to imply that he's a Prince Charming type, but it kind of shows that she likes him. I also think, I mean, when she says it, it's like charming in a little, at the beginning of the episode, yeah. it's like charming in like a sassy way. Uh-huh. And at the end of the episode, it's like, no, I actually do find you charming. But she says it in the way that like, I'm making fun of you because I don't kind of want to show that I kind of like you. Like, it's like the little kid, like, I'm teasing the people I like so you don't think I like mm. you. Like, oh, Prince Charming to hide the fact that like, that's because you kind of think he's mm. charming. Yeah. You think she's there? I think she's truly jaded when she's in that net. I think she just thinks she's, like, I think she's jaded, and I think she thinks she's an attractive fellow who's probably a Prince Charming type. Mm. Like, they're very much like, oh, yeah, you're probably one of those guys. Okay, yeah. You've got this blonde, annoying wife who you're just marrying for convenience, so, you know, you're one of those who doesn't care. And then, as as she actually gets to know him, then she's like, oh, you actually are a good dude and charming. But I think that's why it's said the way it's said. Um, what'd you think about their initial nickname? Oh, no, I love it. It's, it's cute. Um, and I think it's the first time we hear her call him charming earlier. For listeners who have not watched the show to completion, we apologize for the different names that we will be calling charming David James. (laughs) We'll find out about that later. (laughs) Um, but I think it's a very fitting name for him and I really like that she... She, like, sticks with it at the end when he reminds her. And I also like that she doesn't call him Prince, like, at any time. It's not Prince Charming. Right. It's Charming. Well, she says Prince Charming one time. She's like, oh, a Prince Charming, but it's Mm -hmm. clearly in jest. Um, Speaking of Snow, how did she fall for that trap? She's a badass. And just let her guard down, or... I mean, she was in a hurry. She had just gotten all the money that she needed, and she was throwing it in a bag, and she was getting ready to leave. But yeah, I mean, a net trap is Snow's go-to. Like, she should have seen that. And this is a woman who's been on the run for a while now. Like, this isn't an amateur. Well, as you said, uh, Charming is amazing at everything. (laughs) This man is the Avengers, not just an Avenger. He can do everything. It's also, I think it's highly possible that she had traps set around her hideout in the tree cave, yeah. you know, standard tree cave. 
uh, and he moved it, so she didn't know oh, it was going to be there. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I feel like someone who's an expert level yes. forest person would immediately notice something is wrong. But okay, fair enough. Let's just assume he's good enough, and she was in a hurry. Where do? You, uh, let me ask you. We notably don't see one character, and he's been a pretty important character if he didn't have a lot of screen time so far in this episode. Rumpelstiltskin. No nope. Rumpelstiltskin. Nowhere to be found. He, he, we're going to get a big Rumpelstiltskin episode next episode. And that's fine. Like, David wasn't in episode two. Uh-huh. David slash Charming doesn't show up. Um, and this one is a very Regina-heavy episode, so that makes sense. Though I kind of expected Gold, again, to do a little, like, quick 30-second pop-up at the end. Like, you know, oh, by the way, do you still need, you know, help with your problem? Um, but him not being there was a bit shocking. I think other than that, this did a pretty good job of moving things along. Yeah, it definitely... Setting up the 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 love yep. dodecahedron <laughs> and um, introducing like more mystery about like what is Regina doing and like what was her plan. I, I think because of that, I want to know more about what Rumple's plan was. Yes, yes. Uh, so there was like some implied Rumple time, but yeah, it is shocking to not see such a strong character in this episode because i mean the last that we've seen of him at this point is him basically as i said the winner of the last episode establishing kind of his dominance over regina and then he's just like eh. and that's fine he can sit in the background but at some point i want to see what on earth he's doing um what are your thoughts on they've established the love triangle and you've got emma and you know kind of back after the flashback of seeing this like weird love triangle going on and her thoughts about how she just kind of always been alone never wants to be to someone and now for the first time she kind of lets a wall down yeah which is a pretty big step for her like she does not do emotions she basically walls herself off and is like nah i don't need roommates i don't need friends i don't need people and then she's like yeah maybe i do need someone yeah i think that there's something to i mean at this point emma still doesn't believe henry but she set like she suggested to mary margaret that she read to john doe and Hope knowing that that would mean nothing would happen, and then they could tell Henry nothing happened. Like, see, you're delusional. Um, something happened, and at first Emma was like, "What?" and she was really frustrated. But I think like that wears her down a little bit. Like, it gives her some hope. Like, so a, a guy woke up because of something that they did. Um, and I think that she feels that that real connection with Mary Margaret when Mary Margaret was feeling really down and alone. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that the fact that they happened to both had a very lonely time at the same time worked well because mm-hmm. then it kind of brought them together, which is ironic because that's the exact thing Regina doesn't want to have happen. And yet by her pulling David away and pulling Henry away, she brings Mary and Emma, ironically, together, which again kind of shows that Regina is her own worst enemy. Yep, Regina is absolutely her own worst enemy. And I think, too, that Mary Margaret, like, helps, like, like, she helps find him. She helps wake him up. She helps find him. And... She saves his life. Yeah, she she, she saves his life. He was he was not breathing when nope. they found him. Nope. And I guess at this point, Emma is not in any official capacity helping in this situation. But she's feeling... She's also starting to feel a commitment to, like, the town and the people that live there. Like, she didn't really need to be helping with this situation. But she felt a little responsible, I think, because she was the one that suggested that they... That Mary Margaret read to him. Yeah, I, I think it, there's a little bit of that. And I also think the, she doesn't know what is going on. But she knows what she has been told does not make sense anymore. Yeah. So, like, yeah, Henry's ideas sound ridiculous and fantastical. 
But the like stories that she keeps hearing from, especially Regina, right? Because her lies are so transparently bad. Like you just like Henry's Tannen doesn't believe this. <laughs> like Regina is a great villain, but boy, lying not. She is a. If David is an Avenger level at all these things, Regina is the inverse of that. When you talk about lying, she's just bad at it. And I think it's probably because she's never has to. Like she's just like I'm gonna do this and screw you. Whereas when she has to tell a lie, she's like, I'm not comfortable with lying to you because I don't do that. <laughs> I just tell you I'm going to cut your heart out and then I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and I think this is the first time in which you again see Emma start to go, things are not making sense anymore. Like a man doesn't just wake up out of a coma because you read a story to them. He doesn't go wandering off in the forest, die basically, and then... Now, was that True Love's Kiss or was that CPR that woke him up? That's a great question. So... There's technically no magic in Storybrooke. So theoretically, True Love's Kiss should not work at this point. It did not seem like effective CPR. (laughs) I mean, she did do the chest pump. And then she went in and she did hold his nose. But then it like kind of ends in a kissing sound, which is not how CPR should end. So at first she goes for the breath. Yeah. And then pivots midway through. Yeah. That's not how you give CPR, though, right? That's not how you give CPR. Definitely okay. not. Uh, that she didn't adjust the angle of his head. N- none of that. Uh, so I don't know. That's a good question. It might have been some faint true love's kiss. He obviously wasn't like dead or hadn't been lying there almost. Like he he was almost dead. Yeah. He's not breathing, and he's got something clogging his throat in water. Yeah. So he's certainly if he's not die he's not dead. He's staring at death's doorstep yes. for sure. Yeah. Uh, we also get our very first I Will Always Find You in this episode. We do. We do get our very first I Will Always Find You. Yeah, it's definitely set in a different context this time. No, he says it again at the end. He does, but the first time yes. he says it, it is not meant to be charming. <laughs> it is a threat. It is definitely <laughs> a threat. You steal from me and there is nowhere you can hide where I won't find you. And, to his credit, he finds her. Yeah. And then- Sorry, where did Catherine go during all of this? During, you mean when he was in a coma? Well, no, no. Oh. He just took off to go get his mother's ring and he left his wife in a carriage. They're, not, just, they're not married yet. She's I'm sorry. His fiance. His fiance in a carriage. I, I guess the knights are still there so they could just, but that's not usually what you do to your fiance. You don't just like dip to go get your ring and be like, ah, take her home. We'll be fine. Just like chasing a robber on horseback. Yeah, that's a great question. Like, they if, must continue on to where they were traveling to, and he meets her there. What if there had been more robbers? The best fighter is now gone. <laughs> it's just the knights. The knights seem so incompetent, too. Like, there's a tree in the middle of the road, and they're, like, examining it. And they're like, what is this? What are we going to do? And Charming walks up, and he's like, somebody cut this tree down. Which, like, I am not, like, a swordsman or a tracker or a hunter. And I look at that tree, and I'm like, somebody chopped that tree down. It's, like, a clean... I know what a naturally fallen <laughs> tree looks like, and I know what an axe-cut tree looks like. And I am, again, not an, I'm the furthest thing from an outdoorsman you're going to get. And I'd have been like, yeah, someone cut that down. And it's conveniently placed right on the road perfectly. Like, okay. I mean, you've got to have the incompetent. It's like in a police procedural or like a like a murder mystery. The private detective is always super smart. And then there's like bumbling police detectives from the local. Like they just... Like Sherlock. They have no idea. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they Inspector have no Lestrade idea what they're is doing. a moron. Um, yeah, the White Knights reminded me of Stormtroopers. They were just there. <laughs> <laughs> Not really good for anything, but they're just bodies to be present. Yeah, no, I, I did chuckle a little bit how he just 
you know, bye, Catherine. I'll see you later. We'll figure it out. <laughs> and he does walk home. It's not like he... She also sends the horse off for no reason. Because uh, trolls, trolls don't, don't like horse. horses. But, like, couldn't she have just sent the horse, like, just a little or bit? Or, like, tied horse? the horse to a tree? Somewhere, like, and we'll just walk from here as opposed to, like, all right, be gone, Steed. Yeah, what's going to happen to that horse? Why aren't they worried about that horse? I mean, I guess the horses maybe are well-trained. They just follow the path and go home. Yeah. Questions. Okay. I think we've, I think we've covered everything. I Any think last so. Thoughts? What's your, uh, what was your favorite moment in this episode? Oh, boy, that's actually a tough one. Snow and Prince have like three of my favorite moments. I think my favorite moment actually is when she puts the ring on. Oh, that's mine too. <laughs> I think what I liked about it, it is such a blatant lie when she puts it on and she's like, and they pause, and it's like, yeah, not my style. And I'm like, bullshit. I know, the way that he looks at her when she puts on that ring, it's like he's like, it's 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 kind of like he's seeing for the first time, like, oh, I really like you. I think that's the moment he saw the woman. He, like, love at first sight happened there. Like, yeah. the strike may have begun it, but when she sees the ring, he sees the ring on her finger, he's like, yep, that's the one I actually want to be married. And then they both do the look back thing when they're walking away, but not at the same time. That was a little bit standard trope-ish to and be it fair. was sweet it was sweet um i don't think it was necessary because you know we already know based on the eye contact but yeah it, it was fine that i would say that was my top moment i think my second favorite moment is charming being an absolute badass <laughs> for a show that doesn't necessarily do the greatest job of portraying the men in in and i don't mean strong physically i mean strong moral conviction strong principles any sort of backbone he is like the opposite of all of them. He's strong morally. He is strong physically. He's a good guy. And he's a badass. Like, and Snow is a badass too. That's what's great. Like, both of them are equally badass. Like, I love their fighting skills. Yeah, I mean, he he rips a bow and arrow off of a horse, runs through trees somehow <laughs> faster than someone on horseback, and hits him perfectly while they're moving. On the run. On the run. Amazing. Is he an Avenger? I have a real question. <laughs> He's a superhero. Most ridiculous moment? Well, I could also say charming. Yeah. <laughs> that may have been the most ridiculous. Charming hitting that black knight with an arrow, yeah. Um, honestly, the most ridiculous moment was anything that Regina tried to do in regards to lying. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so trained. It was almost like she wanted to. It was like she was toying with Emma and like, I'm going to tell you a lie that's so ridiculous that you know it's a lie and you can't do anything about it. Because there was no... When she told that story, there was not a part of me that thought that any part of this could have been true. Like, I could have told a better story in 15 seconds than that. Yeah. Agreed. Although I think my most ridiculous moment is Catherine's explanation. And Emma does question it a little. But that, like, everyone else is just like, okay. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, that's what happened. Your husband left. You didn't think twice of it. He was just gone forever. <laughs> That's, that's we have one coma patient in this hospital in this tiny town and no one ever thought to see who it was and like okay she has friends presumably who she would have talked to about this like i'm having marital troubles someone should have known her husband had left nope it's fine it's just they've just been separated for as long as they can remember mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, who's the winner for you? I'm going to let you go first on that. I was having a hard time with this one. Like, I, I, I think I would choose just Snow and Charming in general. Like, I think, I don't know, I don't know if it's fair to choose two people. Sure. But I'm, I'm using, I'm, I'm making the rules here. This is my podcast. Fair enough. Um, I think together they both become 
who they are when they meet each other. Like, they were both so sad and, uh, and just not in a good place. And they become, like, more of who they are when they meet. They both save each other, which is so nice. And they both do something honorable. I agree with that. I had Snow as my runner-up. Okay. The winner of this episode is Prince Charming. <laughs> that's that's reasonable. That's reasonable. He's he's uh he's pretty amazing in this episode. Him and Snow, he meets his true love. You see it, you appreciate it. But he's a badass to the next level in this episode. It's like one of those episodes you're like, "Oh, I see exactly why she fell in love with you. That you, you this is the man that you were destined to be. I don't know how he became this man. It's great." And it's just, yeah, no. I I think this is a an easy win for him. If you had to pick a loser of this episode, who would you pick? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I feel... I feel like it might be Regina, but she doesn't know it yet. That that was probably my answer. Like, my answer was going to be, Regina thinks she has won by removing David from Mary's life and removing Henry... From Emma's life, quote unquote. But all she's actually done is brought Mary and Emma together, and which is going to make her life much worse down the road. So she, I think she's the clear loser of this episode. Yeah. But not yet. It's like a, you don't know what you've done, but you will regret it. Yeah, you're definitely going to regret this. I didn't know we were picking losers. I like that. I won't always <laughs> ask that question, but I think there are some, believe me, there are going to be some rumple episodes where you're like, oh, you messed this one up badly. But I think this is one of those episodes, and I said it earlier, Regina is her own worst enemy. Yeah. She really, I think there's like a theme of like, you know, uh, true love and found happiness and learning from your mistakes. The thing that changes, I think, the most from Regina is she stops getting her own way. Yeah. Instead of just, like, people make mistakes and that's fine, but she makes really bad mistakes early where it's like, if you'd have just not done that and just done nothing, things would be better. Mistakes on a grand scale. Well, where many, many, many people's lives are impacted or no longer exist. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not even talking about the murdering. We're just talking about like the, maca, the machinations that she's taking. That's true. Yeah. No, I, I think Regina's the pretty big loser in this one. Well, that's it for episode three. Next week we'll talk about episode four, which is a Rumpelstiltskin-centric episode. Uh, Roger is very excited about that. He's uh, fist pumping over here. I, I, you could give me an entire season of Rumpelstiltskin episodes, and I would binge watch it. I, I'm, I already binge watched this show repeatedly. In for it here. I'm, I'm just gonna say, probably top five episode. Without okay. having seen it, gonna gonna make a spoiler prediction. Probably a top five episode. It's great. It, if it's a Rumpelstiltskin episode, and I think it's the one I'm. If I'm I'm correct, it's so. Uh, Sets the tone for why Rumple is the way he is. We, it's it's the Cinderella episode. Oh, okay, that one's fine. That's not the one I was thinking of. I was thinking it's not a top five. It's not a top five. No, 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 no. <laughs> not yet. It's actually a good one though. But it is a good one. Sadly, Cinderella is an underused character. But it's a it's a good like oh yeah, this is who he is type episode. Roger's really selling that you listen to this next episode like real hard. Um, it's gonna be great. We're gonna have a great discussion. It is gonna be a very good discussion. But tune in a few episodes afterwards as well. You'll love that one just as much, if not more. Thanks so much. See you next week.